Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There will be celebrities, influencers, and activists who, having never lived in Kentucky, will try to tell us how to feel, suggesting they understand the facts of this case. And let me just speak to this whole celebrity influencer thing. While they can't speak for Kentuckians, let me say this as a black woman. He does not speak for black folks. He's skin folk, but he is not kin folk. And when what I would really like to see them focus on is the pandemic which has killed 200,000 people in the United States of America so far and continues to wreak havoc on our economy and our communities across not just the Commonwealth, but across the country. Across the entire country? Across every state in the country? I don't know, necessarily. It, it seems to be a, a quite a dramatic range. So, for instance... While Charlie Baker's yelling at the United States Senate and President Trump right now, across the country, or halfway across the country, where Mitch McConnell, who Charlie Baker is very, very angry with, is um, you know doing his, uh, his nominated or his elected duty by, by uh, you know, having hearings for a Supreme Court justice, Mitch McConnell lives in a state where... The unemployment rate is 5.7%. Charlie Baker lives in a state where the unemployment rate is 14.5%. Charlie Baker lives in a state where I think around 1,000, oh, not 1,000, 9,000 coronavirus uh, victims have died. And Kentucky is around 1,000. So I know there's differences in the states. I realize that. But... It never ends. It never ends that Charlie Baker is so quick, so quick to yell at her. What does he expect? I mean, I understand that the more 
the, the fact that we've had so many fatalities and that we're tanking our economy in Massachusetts means that we're going to need some more federal money to undo what these Democratic governors have done. But it's a little damn rich, a little rich. And you to see him finally get, you know, exercised. Is it exercised or excised, Alice? Exercised. Exercised over something. But this is what it is. Come on, man. It's just, it's a, uh, it is, it is rich and it is, it's, it's so angering. And I was a guy, I was a, a uh, I was more of a Baker guy a bit ago. It's just, it's just, this is tough <clears throat> because he's there. He's making a stand. You know what? Let me play that, uh, the whole cut so you can hear him and uh, get a feel for the whole thing. So four years ago, just about this time, the Democrats all said it was incredibly important to move forward to put another person on the bench, right? And the Republicans all said, no, that's a really bad idea. Four years later, only because the circumstances have changed, the Republicans say we need to move forward, it's a critical issue for the country, and the Democrats say, no, we should wait until after the election. Only because the circumstances have changed. Imagine that. The circumstances dictating, you know, action and the your policy and the way you might proceed forward. Can you imagine circumstances? You know, a lot of circumstances mm-hmm. happened in Massachusetts only because the circumstances changed. Is now Marty Walsh lark, lo- locking people, uh, locking restaurants again? We are very close to moving into the red category on the map. That could happen either later today or next week. What that means is that we're seeing roughly eight new cases per 100,000 people in population. Uh-oh. And what it means for us in Boston that we have to keep monitoring all of our metrics and responding with targeted strategies. Right. What that means for you, restaurants, is that you'll be staying at six people per uh, table at restaurant maximum, which means uh, bond chance with your holiday party at this, uh, this rate. And if you do have it, it may have to be outside, which everybody's going to love. So these th- these leaders up in the Northeast have not given businesses a chance, a chance. So four years ago, just about this time, the Democrats all said it was incredibly important to move forward to put another person on the bench, right? He can't stop from being a lecturer. He's been a lecturer now for six months, and he can't get it out of his system. Everything is having to explain to you. Usually, he's disappointed while he's doing it. Now he's (laughs) explaining to you again, and now he's explaining to you about why the people you see on national TV in Washington, D.C. are acting the way they are when they should be focused on my state. And the Republicans all said, no, that's a really bad idea. Four years later, only because the circumstances have changed, the Republicans say we need to move forward. It's a critical issue for the country. And the Democrats say, no, we should wait until after the election. 100% ends justify the means. Classic Washington behavior. And it's a big part of why most people in this country think Washington is a problem, period. And I sit here as the governor of the Commonwealth of Mass, where we have basically been playing this hand around COVID as best we can with a really uneven, inconsistent response from the federal government, um, 
who has far more tools in their toolbox than any state's ever going to have to manage their way through this. And they are now... Do they have a tool that dictates that you don't jam sick people in with old people in veterans' homes and in senior living homes? Is that one of the tools that you could have used? They're going to wrap themselves up in a conversation about the Supreme Court, which is important, um, but nobody looks good with respect to how they've chosen to position themselves over the course of the last four years. The White House is telling Nancy Pelosi that they'll give $1.3 billion to states right now, states, individuals, and businesses. All she has to do is say yes. It, you know, the Republicans wanted a $750 billion um, kind of stopgap measure a, a couple of weeks ago, and Nancy Pelosi told her, her caucus, don't be cheap dates. In other words, we're not going for that. She's waiting for, you know, seven, six, seven trillion dollars. So the relief, Charlie, if you dare, dare castigate your fellow Democrats, you could talk to or put your pointed Mr. Most Popular Governor in the Country message to uh, Nancy Pelosi and say, looks like the Republicans in the White House want to make a deal with you. Let's get some relief right now. No, 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 no. Way too, you're just so above the uh, morass in Washington, D.C., as if you are not culpable for a lot of what is happening here. This issue, uh, at a point in time when... He's, by the way, speaking with restaurateurs around him, which is kind of sick, considering he, you know, he slaughtered a lot of these restaurants, and these are, these are the remaining uh, few. <laughs> what I would really like to see them focus on is the pandemic which has killed 200,000 people in the United States of America so far and continues to wreak havoc on our economy and our communities across not just the Commonwealth, but across the country. So, yeah, I'd like to see him focus on the pandemic. It's wreaked havoc in some parts of the country more than others, both economically, by the way, and medically you know we continue i've seen some people comparing massachusetts to utah which has higher case numbers right now at a lower death rate than massachusetts and massachusetts is sort of stumping data researchers right now who are saying you know how come massachusetts still has so many people dying when they seem to have the cases under control compared to other states so it's not clear if our cases are skewing older because of the care homes issue i mean i know i know a big percent of our cases or deaths early on were care homes but um it's not clear why we still have so many people dying in Massachusetts, especially when we continue to be locked down and our economy destroyed. I mean, even compared to like New York, our death rates are weirdly high for our population. So I don't know. I Yes. I mean, I don't think Baker's wrong about Washington and everybody changing their positions and everything. But, you know, like acting self-righteous about how Massachusetts has acted in the pandemic is a little rich. Right. And also, you know, I don't want to be cynical here, but maybe if you want to be have federal money coming your way and you're an adversary in in uh, personal politics to the president and you're an adversary in uh, party politics to your entire congressional delegation, maybe you don't act like a jerk about it. Just maybe. Well, right. I mean, you wonder 
you know, is he telling our congressional delegation to work with the Republicans who are in Washington? Not all no. of whom are Trump Republicans, by the way. I mean, like, I don't think the Senate is full of, like, Republicans who just love Trump. So I think, and Baker supposedly has all these connections at the Republican Governors Association. And, he, and you know, he, why bother having a Republican in office if there's no like ties to anything to do with the party. Right. And also, but also the, the, the sanctimony, I would like them to focus on something. We've had incredible casualties here. We've suffered. Our businesses have suffered. You know, and there's a tone. Wow. And they all applaud at the end, like dummies. And, and, and Who we're was supposed that applauding, to believe by the that, way? We're supposed to believe that that's Charlie. You know, he's really bearing his soul. But just two months ago, just two months ago, in the midst of, much closer to the peak in casualties, there was a very disappointing, there was a very different tone, and this was not yelling. I want to thank everyone who marched and exercised their right to free, free speech safely last night. Tens of thousands of our neighbors, friends, and colleagues tried, when possible, to balance the new normal we live in with their right to free speech. I want to thank everyone who made their voices heard. Yeah, but 11 kids uh, had a party in Methuen, Massachusetts. And you know what? We're ratcheting up to red. It's incredible where his priorities are and what actually ticks him off and what doesn't. To, to be honest, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, not being able to cope with the amount of casualties that were here on the unforced error of moving people into nursing homes in Massachusetts. Under the If his Veterans Affairs guy had to step down, then this is uh, culpability at the top as well. Um, so that's where we are. The other thing we played was Walsh saying today that restaurants may have to ratchet back. I don't know how you do it if you're a restaurant. I can't imagine having had this money in res- in reserve for so long. I, I don't uh, I don't know how they do it. I, I know that it's not that our unemployment that our unemployment um, that our unemployment um, rate is at fifteen almost 15% is um, is freaking tragic, tragic in believing. You know, I work in newspapers right now, and we know that lo- lo- how important local advertising is, and um, it is it is rough out there. Um, I mean, right. Like, Massachusetts has been suffering economically more than other places, and, and you know, part of that is just the nature of the pandemic but the pandemic has been everywhere and not everywhere has seen the same level of economic destruction that massachusetts has so you know they at some point you have to ask what are the policy decisions that are driving these differences you know okay so we've we've destroyed the economy here um 14 unemployment uh 8, more deaths than in kentucky <clears throat> one place uh, with the encouragement uh, here of uh, of the protesters, uh, but one place where Kentucky is doing worse than us is currently on the streets of Kentucky. There, uh, there are, um, I would say, spirited protests that are undoubtedly going to be riots. Uh, there's already some stuff in social social media showing rioters uh, or protesters. They look very threatening to me, but they're harassing business owners, etc. They're already hitting mm-hmm. beating up businesses. And, um, and this is on the heels of the Breonna Taylor uh, verdict. 
so this is the, the Brianna Taylor death is where essentially the cops got. Can you walk me? Through okay, this? sure. So, um, the cops had a warrant, a no knock warrant from a judge to go to this apartment, which is Brianna Taylor's apartment, uh, to arrest two people, um, who were not there at this time. I don't fully know all the deeds. There's lots of conspiracy theories on the right wing internet about, you know, that Brianna Taylor was involved in some big truck trafficking ring. I have not really seen much to, uh, to, bolster those claims i don't think that that's necessarily true in any case the cops had a real warrant for that address a no-knock warrant um they show up in the middle of the night they say that they knocked and announced themselves um but in any case they burst into the house and um brianna taylor's boyfriend who is a legal licensed gun owner uh did not realize that they were police and shot at them because it's the middle of the night and these people burst into the house in plain clothes with guns. So he thought it was a home invasion and shot at them. And um, and they shot back and they killed her. So... Um, Which uh, sucks. It and sucks. You, you would think that maybe... Uh, by the time the cops got there, I, I, I would think that that would be too late because they were given orders back from the precinct, I assume. Right. So, and they, like I say, they did have a real no-knock warrant from a judge. They say they knocked and announced themselves anyway. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend says they didn't or he didn't hear them say that they were police or whatever. Um, in any case, I am not a fan of police showing up guns blazing. I, you know, don't like Ruby Ridge. I don't like Waco. I don't like you know, SWAT teams exploding onto the scene. I think because it's dangerous and people get killed because people don't know what's going on in these scenarios. It's chaotic. And, you know, because we have law enforcement sometimes that, and I don't necessarily blame these individual officers, but, you know, in general, our law enforcement apparatus wants to look like, you know, big, impressive show of force like they end up causing situations that get people killed lead to standoffs it's a mess it's no knock raids are not great i like to think they could have found a different way to arrest these people whoever they were i know not much about the details of who they were arresting for what exactly but it was not brianna taylor or her boyfriend they were not the people that the cops were seeking the boyfriend was absolutely a licensed gun owner if those had been home invaders he had every right to shoot at them in my opinion i think conservatives should be all over this and some are by the way uh rand paul filed the justice for brianna taylor act in congress to end no-knock raids of course that gets completely ignored because you know like passing bills boring things like that is not as exciting as Riding in the streets and shouting, say her name, and you know, running around. I don't know. Right. It's, well, it's like, not like, as interesting. Of anyway. course. And if we saw a couple of weeks ago, Rand Paul left uh, the uh, Trump's um, RNC uh, address and was set upon by people telling him to say her name, Brianna's name, without knowing that he right. was um, the author of the legislation that literally right. is named after her and trying to end the circumstances that actually caused her death instead of 
you know, yelling about structural racism or something else. But I mean, no knock rates, I think, are not great. I think it's a really an area where they, you could, if you wanted to solve problems in the world, get conservatives and liberals together for some actual reforms that would save people's lives. Um, oh, and one detail I forgot is they did initially charge the boyfriend uh, for shooting at the cops, for, mm. which is ridiculous. And they eventually dropped those charges um, against him as well. But in any case, now the indictments have come down and they indicted out of the three cops, they indicted one for endangering people's lives, uh, but not Brianna Taylor's life for some people that I guess some of his bullets went into another apartment in the building, mm-hmm. including like near a pregnant woman. So so they are um, they charged him for endangering the lives of those people. Well, uh, so so today we have Daniel Cameron. Who's the attorney general of of um, Alice? I would say let the baby have the phone. If that is well, the... I wanted to. There was something on there that I okay, wanted to I'll share let him later. Have my, later I can't, on, I'm, I'm still it's working. Okay. So no, I no, it. I gotcha. I I'll let him have the phone. I'll just take it back if I need it. I guess. Okay. Um, but in any case, uh, you know the. People who are upset about Breonna Taylor's death aren't satisfied with this. I'm not necessarily sure that there's going to be a lot. I mean, the cops were, they got shot at too. It's That's why I think the no-knock raid situation that they were put into is not good, uh, you know, because it's hard to charge them in the situation where they're getting shot at. It's hard to charge the boyfriend in a situation where he has armed men bursting into the building he's in and he's a legal gun owner. It's, you know, it's it's hard to pin responsibility on anybody except the system in that case. Right. All right. So let's listen to the the attorney general of Kentucky. This is Daniel Cameron. And he's telling uh, folks to that there's going to be outside influences trying to stir up, um, stir up, uh, uh, division with little real knowledge of what happened here. There will be celebrities, influencers, and activists who, having never lived in Kentucky, will try to tell us how to feel, suggesting they understand the facts of this case and that they know our community and the Commonwealth better than we do. But they don't. Let's not give in to their attempts to influence our thinking or capture our emotions. At the end of the day, it is up to us. We live here together. We work here and raise our families here together. I urge those protesting on the streets to remember this. Peaceful protests are your right as an American citizen. Instigating violence and destruction are not. (laughs) Essentially is what he's saying. So, it didn't take very long before CNN and MSNBC and everybody else essentially impaneled people who want this guy gone. And MSNBC, I believe this woman is a former uh, police officer, but she's an activist now, and she wants Dan- Daniel Cameron's uh, head. Well, listen, not only um, is he being intellectually dishonest about that, you know, I find all of his remarks with regards to this whole entire press conference offensive. And let me just speak to this whole celebrity influencer thing. While they can't speak for Kentuckians, let me say this as a black woman. He does not speak for black folks. He's skin folk, but he is not kin folk. And so just like he thinks they can't speak for Kentucky because he's up there with a black face. He does not speak for all of us. This was not a tragedy. This was a murder. He should be ashamed of himself. He's skin folk, but he is not kin folk. Mm-hmm. You and I need to use more um, rhymes. Rhyming Pith- slogans. Piffy rhymes, Alice. To <laughs> okay, I'll work each other. on that. 
So, um, uh, you, so Cameron also kind of drew a larger warning for people to um, to um, try to contain this and let them know that there's a lot about the case that we know nothing about. Justice sought by violence is not justice. It just becomes revenge. And in our system, criminal justice isn't the quest for revenge. It's the quest for truth, evidence, and facts, and the use of that truth as we fairly apply our laws. This guy's good. He's good. He's mm-hmm. either launched his campaign for a higher office or just ended it, depending on how <laughs> this goes. Right. So we'll we'll find out, I guess. But is he, I mean, is he a Republican or a Democrat? Do you know? I don't even doesn't know. doesn't sound like a Republican to me, but maybe is. Our reaction to the truth today says what kind of society we want to be. Do we really want the truth or do we want a truth that fits our narrative? Do we want the facts or are we content to blindly accept our own version of events? We as a community must make this decision. I understand that Miss Brianna Taylor's death has become a part of a national story and conversation. But we must also remember the facts and the collection of evidence in this case are different than cases elsewhere in the country. Each is unique and cannot be compared. Sounds very different than other elected officials. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. But the media, of course, is not pleased with Daniel Cameron and CNN, you know, booted Daniel Dale, their 17-year-old fact checker, and brought in (laughs) all the uh, anti-Trump, anti-riot panelists to pile on Daniel Cameron, who is a Republican, Mm. by the way. It was not coincidental, nor was his statements about, well, don't let outsiders or celebrities or the media or influencers try to tell Kentucky people how to feel, that you should make sure that you are understanding these are all outsiders. These are all sort of triggering words for people, all non too, um, you know, hidden gestures to show that he was demonstrating that he was well aware of the talking points that are out there. And I found it very problematic, particularly given the great odds and lengths that he had went through, excuse me, to talk about why he took so long to come to this conclusion, to put it before the grand jury, that he wanted to make sure that there was objectivity, that there was no hint of impropriety then you have a bullhorn in front of your face as you use these certain words. And of course, that's what Abrevi was talking about, the idea that this will feel and perhaps ring hollow and disingenuous. But remember, all of these discussions about mob violence and these words that he's using really are an attempt to try to conflate people who are rightfully and righteously, peacefully protesting with those who are engaged in behavior that may be criminal. But people who... It seems to me he just told us word for word that you have a right to protest but not destroy things and use violence. I don't think he conflated anything. I realize that if he's a Republican and even if he's a black guy and he's speaking on issues Uh racially sensitive that everything's a dog whistle... Well, right. He's using secret code words. Who are talking about this case, Brianna, are asking him, 
Why did you not Brianna Keeler, by the way. Not choose manslaughter? Why, if there was a wanton disregard for human life, why was that not an available option for the grand jury? And I find this ingenuous as a former prosecutor, having been in front of grand juries, that the idea that, oh, it was the grand jury who chose those charges. And, you know, it was the grand jury who decided on the claims. Every time I have indicted someone, it was me as the prosecutor who was presenting the relevant statutes to the grand jury. It wasn't the other way around where they told me how to prosecute and a case. And did so you, I did you get that clear? Was that clear juvenile. to you? Was that clear to you, Laura? Because there no. was a reporter who asked, were they presented with counts regarding Cosgrove and Mattingly? And perhaps your legal ear uh, might have discerned an answer to that question that mine did not. Well, the answer that he did on the second time he was asked was to say they were presented with all the actual statutes of homicide and all the different levels. That did not answer the specific question. So right now I'm looking at video of uh, upper class white college kids uh, putting on their Antifa gear and unloading a U-Haul to bring out all sorts of uh, signage and uh, I assume implements of war uh, as we speak. So... This is the the rhetoric around this stuff. Nobody wants to nobody wants to you know deescalate uh, on the left here. They're all for this. And I was talking to Feinberg, uh, Todd Feinberg, WTIC, by the way. You should listen to him earlier. And uh, <clears throat> he was he said, "What do you think the political goal is of these protests?" This is obviously if they've rented U-Hauls and other trucks, etc. Mm-hmm. They're getting money from somewhere, right? Somebody has to rent the U-Haul, right? Place. And 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 to get the medical supplies and pay for the lawyers and the other LARPing I mean, even effects. The big signs they're unloading from the U-Haul are like huge, yes. You know, reinforced wooden signs. They're not free. They everything costs money. So what is what is the political advantage of these people? loudly protesting right now and in a few hours violently destroying the city what is the end what is the ends to you the political ends what is the win i mean i think that um you know that they cause enough of a ruckus and then they get a reaction that they want from republicans like trump you know they're already saying essentially i mean kentucky basically said as they made the announcement that they were bringing in the National Guard because they knew that this was going to happen, you know. Then they can complain about Tom Cotton writing an editorial saying to bring in the National Guard and saying it's fascism because, you know, they they invite a strong response by their behavior and then they say the strong response is fascism. It's like on a large scale, the same thing they do to the police directly in front of them is, you know, like if you can goad the police into using tear gas on you, now you're a victim. So now like we have police brutality. If you can, you know, push Kyle Rittenhouse into shooting and killing people by you know, attacking him, jumping him, running after him with a crowd. Now, like, you have a new, quote-unquote, white supremacist murderer, even though that's, you know, like, insane. So they they just want escalation. Really. Yeah, and I think they're going to get it. I'm seeing I, more video here of more, uh, looks like militia-looking people with, with machine guns or some, whatever, guns. They're long guns. Right, anyway. they want, I mean, I think sometimes the right, it doesn't understand this uh too is it you know because 
the right, like, there are people on the right who, like, militias and big guns and, you know, and, you know, castle doctrine. And they're all about, Mm. like, oh, yeah, I can't wait till these protesters come to the suburbs and then we'll show them. The protesters want that. They want the right to react, you know, in a strong show of force, violent way, because then they can be like, look, the right is like crazy and violent and Mm. we have to do X, Y, Z. They want the escalation and the conflagration of this. They want everything on fire. It is an odd thing because the state of Kentucky cut the Breonna Taylor's family a $12 million check already, a settlement. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting that, that no charges of any significance stuck to these guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, and it's hard to say because we're not on the grand jury, so we're not in the room when they're seeing this, but I have to kind of believe that they were presented with all the charges. I mean, I think that the state of Kentucky, from just purely a peace standpoint, would love nothing more than to get something to stick to these guys. Um, You know, just to... To be able to say that they're doing something and the fact that they can only get charges to stick to one guy tells me that probably they tried to find everything they could. I mean, they char- the one guy that they charged, they charged him with endangerment of the lives of someone totally different because they were able to find three bullets in another apartment, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a reach, I think. Um, it, and I don't think he ever would have been charged by with those charges if the person who had died it was white i i mean do you i do you think that if that he would have been charged so, i don't so know so do you think that if it wasn't the Breonna Taylor black lives matter thing surrounding mm-hmm. this particular case that that particular police officer would be facing these other charges about people in other apartments um very possibly not. I mean, I, I think that not. I think that it's only it's the national good, attention yeah. that's gotten it this far, and I think that the fact that they haven't been able to get any stronger charges says that probably they can't. I don't think the facts support it. it I mean, and like I say, I think that this particular Black Lives Matter event is one of the absolute most damning from the perspective of like structurally the police system needs reform like i i approve of rand paul's bill that he named after brianna taylor and ending no knock raids and you know like i say to me it's in a category with like these sort of conservative calling cards of waco and ruby ridge and stuff where you know law enforcement should be able to find ways to arrest people that don't necessarily involve looking like you're doing the tet offensive on a on like American citizens. You know, I just like it doesn't have to be this like huge attack with military level arsenals on people just to like arrest them if that's even what I don't even know like what the underlying thing was in the Brianna Taylor thing. Like I say the people they were trying to arrest weren't even there, but you know, like th- whatever it is, if this is about drugs or whatever, like that's this is how you have to arrest people is like bursting into people's homes in the middle of the night with Guns blazing, like come on. That's well. I mean, I don't know, but maybe that's how you arrest people. I know that I don't love like, it. Please love to use overwhelming force, and I just uh, as a I conservative, I don't love it. I understand, but that's how I think they uh, uh, they uh, arrest white people too. I don't think this is. I think they're worried about the, uh, it's. They have to use force because they assume that more people are in there, and they want to make sure there's many more officers. It doesn't take much. I mean, you had, you know, half the cops in the state battling it out with the Sarnayevs in a tiny street in Watertown. 
it doesn't take much. People want to, people need to use overwhelming force. I don't know. I don't know if. I we, mean, the Sarnayevs had bombs, right? Like, so that's. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean. And we're talking about in the Breonna Taylor case, the worst thing I've heard alleged by like the conspiracy theorists is drug offenses. You know, not like yeah. blowing up children. That's, yeah. It's sort of a different. Well, scenario. on its face, it seems like uh, that that she should not have died and that the cops screwed up on its face. I don't know. but I don't know about the individual But that doesn't cops, even matter but, because, right. you know, the, the this movement right now has um, has absorbed every police shooting and killing of a black person right. and, and, and laundered it as a uh, unjust killing based on racism. Right. It's like the whole thing... Um, you know, with uh, <clears throat> um, Mike Brown. No, I was, Trayvon. No, I was gonna say even uh, even further back. What's the football player that the um, OJ OJ Simpson? Yeah, Jeez. that it's like that. It's like that. It's like people don't really care about what the facts were in this particular case because the case sort of started to represent like all of American race relations forever. Do you know what I mean? It was like not really about O.J. Simpson anymore, you know, or like whether or not he actually killed his wife. You know, it it was about other issues. And so that's sort of what happens in these things is they become symbolic and they become not about the truth of the actual events of this thing. I mean, but yeah, like you say, like Mike Brown, like George Floyd, like any of them, like, you know, it doesn't matter if the hands up, don't shoot thing falls apart because it represents other stuff. It doesn't matter if George Floyd died of an overdose or not because, you know, it's about all the other times when black men and police and, you know, at some point, though, you have to ask, like, whether any of these doesn't fall apart. And some of them don't. I mean, I think that the Philando Castile case is terrible. I think the NRA should have uh, stood up for Philando Castile, another licensed gun owner who mm-hmm. was uh, shot completely inappropriately, in my opinion. You know, um, I think that, for example, um, you know, there are there are some, but I and I think there are things we can do about that. Well done, thank, thank the um, hell. You know, I I think there are others. Um, oh, I'm like bad with names today. Is it Alton Brown? Is that the one or Ahmed Alton? Arbery? Uh, Ahmed Arbery, mm-hmm. who he that one I well, thought he was, was shot by a couple of yahoos. Yeah, and but he should well, not have but been with shot. but with law enforcement ties, right? Yeah, and there was a cover up too. You're right, right. The cover that for was him. yeah, that was a bad one, and that looked. Ugly, and I thought a lot of, you know, conservative pundits did not conduct themselves well talking about that at all. They were, you know, very quick to blame him mm-hmm. for nothing. Like, he didn't do anything. Or maybe he did do something, but not right then. He sure didn't. I mean, it's hard to... Uh, but there are certainly cases that I think um, Eric Garland... Or is that Garner. The, Garner. Um, that Eric Garner, that that was a terrible case. That's brought on by stupid, overreaching cigarette laws by mm-hmm. New York. I mean, there's there's plenty of cases where I think that black people were absolutely wrongfully killed and that you can do things about those specific cases for sure or to prevent future ones from happening that are like that. But, um, but it, you know, it the left doesn't really care because they're trying to fit things into a predetermined narrative that mm-hmm. they've already decided what the solution to the problem is. So so politically the 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 people on the ground, Black Lives Matter, the organization, they'll get concessions 
and a foothold. And in, in the case of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, the Boston Nonviolence Group, whatever Monica Cannon Grants runs, mm-hmm. she's got a storefront thanks to Marty Meehan. So they're, they're concessions. You make a lot of noise, you will get concessions. You could easily push uh, in regulation and uh, mm-hmm. reforms in the community and this and that. But for the for, so, but I mean, I hate to be cynical, but I think that the motivation for a lot of people is a lot more mundane than that. I think a lot of these activists just want to be able to make a paycheck to run around and say what their point of view is. And the right has absolutely the same problem. Uh, the Tea Party movement was so chock full of grifters who just fundraised, you know, millions and millions of dollars on the Tea Party energy in order to pay their own salaries and um hold on i'm trying to bribe a child here and with the um, phone. See if we can and work. and the the left with their organizations um and their anti-trump energy the women's march black lives matter uh moms demand action all the all these groups and and it's the same thing on the right with the tea party groups that we saw happening like 10 years ago you know these are just people that want to be able to make a paycheck to be activists, you know, and they don't really care about policy aims Mm -hmm. or whatever else, you know, they just want, and you know, if that involves getting a paycheck to like come in and be corporate consultants and, you know, tell people in the corporation to like self-flagellate over racism or whatever, like if it's that, or if it's, you know, consulting political campaigns Mm -hmm. or advising the city of Boston or advising Phantom Gourmet on, you know, how to not be racist anymore or whatever. Uh, You know, like, I I think that there are a lot of people out there who are happy to to take a check to tell you that you're racist or happy to take a check. You leave my friend Al Sharpton alone, Alice. Good upstanding person. Like I say, this is not... Barely visited the Obama White House more than 100 times. This is not solely a left-wing problem. The right also has people that are, you know, happy to take a check to, you know, show up and complain about immigration, happy to take a check to show up and talk about how great guns are. You know, there are plenty of people on the right who are grifters also. Of course. Know. Of course. There's a big, there's a wonderful grift game out there. Believe me, Alice. If, if I were qualified, I'd and get so, into but it. Yeah, or anything. I, mean, I don't even, I don't even care. Anytime. Plutonium anytime those vultures send so, some political here, but, energy, they're on it. Let me ask you then. So what is going, what is, in some of these battleground states where there have been riots, mm-hmm. in the last, um, there's a poll that came out either yesterday, two days ago. I'm not, I don't remember which one. But it, uh, it shows that Biden is leading – Trump may be ahead um, or very close in Pennsylvania, but Biden maintains a lead, but Trump's numbers have gone up between three and five points in a few of these states. Right. Which is um, – which is um, which kind of shows, that <clears throat> I think, that the violence – the violence means that people are giving Trump a look and saying – uh, yeah, we're we're interested to see what's what's what this guy's about. You know, he's inartful, but he says generally the right things. So I don't know. This brings us back to yesterday. I don't know what it does for Kamala Harris to be sent to Detroit to listen to people call the country evil and and agree essentially with the people who are calling the country evil. So what is it? What does it do for Kamala Harris and Joe Biden? 
that she's in these going to these communities, these communities that are already struggling and now have to dealt have had to deal with the violence, etc. Who is it winning over that she's there in those communities? Because those people in those communities, they want uh, help. They don't want right. the rioting. You know, seventy five percent or more. You want the police around. They want somebody to protect mm-hmm. them from criminals. Um, so what is that doing? Is that just solidifying, uh, moms of Wakefield, Massachusetts? Is that who that's, who, is that who that's targeted to? So, th- so that those, that those people in the suburbs can say, wow, they're really attentive to the black communities. Right. I think, I think it is something like that, that it's just playing to the kind of white liberal who's outside the community, who's not seeing the real problems on the ground, um, in minority communities. You know, uh, and there's people say like, oh, well, the insurance will just cover the property damage of the riots. Well, you know, it's going to essentially be impossible to insure a business in any of these communities pretty shortly. And in a lot of cases, um, because the destruction's so widespread, the insurance costs aren't covering the construction costs to even tear down some of these buildings that have been semi-destroyed. Yeah, can you imagine what you've got to have just audacity through the stratosphere to say insurance will cover it. Just blow their crap up. Insurance will cover it. Yeah, we can set your stuff on fire. Insurance covers that. Shh, no All problem. Right. Where are we going to next? To uh, Randolph Paul or in Fauci or the poll? Uh, we can talk about the poll quickly for a minute. Um, you know, Trump is looking good in uh, this ABC Washington Post poll that looks at some particular states, including Florida, which I would say Florida is pretty much a must win for Trump. If mm-hmm. Trump does not win Florida, it is hard to piece together an electoral college path for him. Um, so, you know, Trump looking good in Florida, Trump looking pretty good ahead of biden in arizona you know he won arizona by like four points last time right and but the conversation had been that arizona's turning it had become mm-hmm. uh, it had yeah. become the west coast essentially. That's, that's been big for a long time you know it has um you know a growing minority population mm-hmm. it's becoming more liberal over time supposedly so but trump did win arizona last time um he's looking good in arizona he's ahead of biden he's looking good in florida he's ahead of biden so um you know, you have you have some good numbers showing up for Trump. It's a mixed bag, the polls for Trump. Um, as always, it's up and it's down, and it's hard to say. Um, it's up and it's down. It's, what song is that? I don't know. Da, 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 da. Let us know uh, if you know. Da, 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 da. It's like Katy Perry or something. Oh, and hot and you're cold, yes. and it's yes and you're no. You're in, you're is that out. Katy it's Perry? It's down. Yes, it's Katy Perry. Okay. Who actually I saw in uh, Arizona dancing right. with the sharks. <laughs> right. Um, so so very relevant to the news story of the day. Right. So um, if it's not my phone ringing because I'm, uh, we're n- I'm never done working and most media aren't. And if not one of the kids uh, coming in here and, and holding us hostage, then I'm f- not afraid to totally derail the uh, podcast. As you're used to by now, by the way. Go ahead, please. Um, so I was just going to say, you know, Trump's numbers, the polling's a mixed bag for him. These are some good state polls, in particular states that he has to probably do well in. So that's a good sign for him for the election. But his support nationally is like kind of right where it always is. It's, you know, very stable. He has um, he has his supporters and people kind of have their opinions of Trump. And it goes back and forth a little bit depending on the news. But for the most part, it settles back right 
where it was. So it's just a question of what happens between now and the election because it seems like about 100 things happen per day that have everybody a froth right. with excitement over uh, on some side or another, <laughs> whether it's the Supreme Court or it's riots or it's this or it's that or it's COVID. It's always something. And certainly a large uh, Hispanic population in Arizona and in Florida. And uh, and that is uh, the indications are that, that Trump is uh, has increased support in that right. community. There's a there's a lot of evidence, actually, that uh, Trump's Hispanic support is much stronger than last time. Um, and last time it was stronger than Romney. Right. So, um, you know, what does that mean? There's a lot of speculation. In in Florida in particular, the Hispanic population is a little bit different than it is in other states because the Cuban population mm-hmm. is so much a part of that, which isn't necessarily the case everywhere. Um, and, the, and Cubans obviously tend to be more conservative. Um, but it's more than that, uh, whether it's the law and order message, whether it's that Hispanics don't like getting called white Hispanics and saying that they're part of structural racism against black people uh, <laughs> might be a piece of it. Um, you know, I think there. Are, I think that family values are very important to a lot of Hispanic voters who tend to be Catholic, a lot of them. Um, you know, these things all play in. Um, and, and Trump is good on those things. I think that if the left goes full anti-Catholic, uh, uh, during the Supreme Court fight, mm. which is going to be interesting because the two people that we're seeing floated, both Amy Coney Barrett and uh, Lagoa, who's a Cuban American from Florida, uh, are are Catholic. I believe that if the left goes full anti-Catholic in that regard, it's going to be interesting to see how that affects Trump's Hispanic support because um, I do think that's a big deal still to a lot of Hispanic voters. Hey, so now we've got um, we haven't gotten to Fauci yet. You have your um, job to get to, so do you want to knock out Fauci? Yeah, and sure. Let's talk goodbye? about Fauci. And I, by I the way, to... I'm sorry. I promised um, Alyssa Milano uh, the world changed, and I didn't have a chance to do that. I promised the emails. We've just been too slam packed, as you noticed. We've got foot traffic and all sorts of issues <laughs> coming through here. I We're know. just it's the seat of our pants right now. The the system will get better. It will get better. You know, as soon as the Senate stops uh, concentrating on filling the Supreme Court seat and handles my business down here in Massachusetts, then uh, it'll get better. I'm just kidding. But uh, all right, here we go. Fauci and Rand Paul. Do you want to set this up or shall I play the audio and then you can No, talk go about ahead. It? Let's hear them go at it. Let's Fan hear. of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How yeah. could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great no. job. He had the worst death rate in the world. No, you misconstrued that, Senator. <laughs> and you've done that repetitively in the past. They got hit very badly. They've made some mistakes. Right now... If you look at what's going on right now, the things that are going on in New York to get their test positivity 1% or less is because they are looking at the guidelines that we have put together from the task force of the four or five things. Guidelines, task force, four or five things. Mm-hmm. Bureaucrat East, kill me. <laughs> of masks, social distancing, outdoors more than indoors, avoiding crowds, and washing hands. Or they've developed enough community immunity right. that they're no longer having the pandemic because they have enough immunity in New York City to actually stop. I challenge that. 
uh, Senator, I'm afraid, because I'm afraid I, I want to, please, sir, I would like to be able to do this because this happens with Senator Rand all the time. <laughs> you were not listening to what the director of the CDC said that in New York, it's Ooh, about God 22%. If you believe 22% is herd immunity, I believe you're alone in that. Ooh, optometrists versus epidemiologists. A long-standing feud, renewed here in Capitol Hill today. What say you? Um, so this is weird because in a way they're sort of both right. I mean, so um, Rand Paul is obviously correct that Cuomo screwed up coronavirus big time um but this whole exchange reminded me of a thread that i read a few weeks ago from a scientist um studying viruses evolution and immunity uh that i follow on twitter trevor bedford he's verified so i know it's true he has a blue check um anyway he has some great threads on coronavirus and uh one of them is one from about a month and a half ago in early August when he talked about the effect that immunity might be having on the spread of COVID and what we're seeing in Florida, Arizona, and Texas back then um, a couple months ago. So his point in this thread was saying that these things are all contributing factors that, yes, you're not going to have full population immunity like you do with measles where there's not measles outbreaks at all because you know, 90 plus percent of people all have the vaccine and have a high rate of immunity. But what you do see is that what counts for virus spread is R0, which is the average number of people who get sick from each sick person. So obviously, if you have one sick person and they infect 10 more people, then those 10 people each infect 10 more people and then et cetera, et cetera. That's when you have, quote unquote, scary exponential growth, right? Mm -hmm. So... So whenever that number is over one, the virus is going to be increasing. So you want R0 less than one. That's like the thing for exponential growth. So R0 dropped in the United States when the government shut everybody in their houses and nobody could go out. You know, masks lower R0 overall. Distancing lowers R0 overall. Working from home lowers R0. So all these factors lower R0. Suicide would lower R0. Yeah. Well, anything that's going to keep you from infecting as many people when you're sick. A lot of testing lowers R0 because people are getting tested for coronavirus. They're not as infecting as many people. R0, the initial estimates of R0 for COVID when this like hit totally unsuspecting populations, when people are just going about their daily lives, coughing on people like we always used to mm-hmm. before. Um, R0 was about like two and a half. Like most people were on average infecting two or three more people, every sick person. So... Now, R0 is like less than one in most populations. But what's interesting about this is that if you kind of run the numbers, when you have lower natural R0 because, you know, people are being more careful and are getting tested more often and we're on the lookout for COVID and, you know, people wear masks when they're in big crowds and all these things like this. You know, you don't actually need as high a percentage of the population to be immune to lower R0 below one and knock out the virus, right? So the the more of these measures that are taking place, which they are, the the lower the number of people that you have to have immune to COVID in order to stop the virus from spreading. So 
you know, he goes through this whole thread and he does a bunch of If you bring more algebra into this, uh, I'm going to protest loudly and possibly (laughs) burst into tears. Everyone loves math. Everyone (laughs) loves math. Um, R0, Jesus. So. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is you can't see her, but she's excited. (laughs) So. Um, you know, so basically they're saying that if you already have reduced the spread to like you're only infecting one or two people instead of two or three people that, you know, that you only need like 20 or 30 percent of the population now to be immune in order to drastically reduce the spread and cause the virus to eventually go away, you know, so So the idea is anyway that all these things work together. It's not black or white. Like you hit some certain magical percentage of people who are immune and that, you know, then the virus just goes, disappears. It's it's all these things working together. There's a lot less spread of COVID now. And because there's a lot less spread and you have a quarter of the population immune, that reduces the spread even more and fewer people get sick and the virus does eventually go away. So Rand Paul is right in a sense. I do think that, now the population immunity, which probably is, I, by most estimates, I've seen like 20, 30 percent of the population in states that have had a wave. Um, you know, I was going to say around 20, 30. You know, that's what I would guess mm-hmm. based on like other things I've seen that that that's I do think that that's playing in to why a lot of these things aren't so bad. And also, for what it's worth, um, there's, uh, you know, some evidence that even if you're not like totally immune from covid by having it once um that you get it a lot less badly you know if you've had it once it's right. like with with chickenpox like you can sometimes get chickenpox again after you've had chickenpox but it's like really weak you know you only get a very like weak case so that could be playing into why we've seen reduced deaths also in some of these second waves so who's a good guy and who's the bad guy in that fight we heard i would say overall i'm gonna give the edge to Rand paul because uh because i think he's right that it is playing in i think fauci's wrong to dismiss out of hand that having 20 percent of your population Mm -hmm. immune to something is gonna have an impact on the spread of the virus yeah he's not in the things are okay business he's in the things are not okay abundance of caution business well yeah he's abundance of caution he is the public health advice like we've Mm -hmm. talked about this the public health people aren't policymakers, you know because if you listen to them nobody would ever eat a donut again like because donuts bad right? right like so but you gotta put the information out there donuts aren't healthy and then you gotta let people make the decision you know like how much risk is okay risk how much risk can i take on right. and by the way the donut exception also goes for uh huge violent protests you you're absolutely free to use and eat those uh, donuts. Uh, for Alice uh, Fauci, I am Tom Shattuck. We will continue this, Alice. We've actually hit the mark. you got to go to work. Um, and um, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Follow me at uh, Tom Shattuck on Twitter. Follow Alice, Alice Shattuck on Twitter. Feel free to uh, hit us with DMs and suggestions. We love it. Love all the, uh, the attention and, and talking to you guys. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you tomorrow. C'est la vie Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.